Um, I guess welcome to the first episode of the podcast. Did we come up with a name? I uh, I voted for Puzzle Cast. Puzzle Cast as of right now. We can if you want. We can make. It Are we seriously going to do like a puzzle every time we? No, that sounds like torture. Sounds like a bit of sadomasochism. Well, I guess we can decide on it later. I, I think it's more about we do something generic while we while we just kind of shoot the shit. Well, when you said when I listened back to the other one, you said you called you wanted to call it uh, the Hang. Did I really? say Well, that? you didn't say you wanted to call it the Hang, but oh. you were like, uh, whenever we talk and stuff, we're just doing the Hang. Yeah, you're like, right. That you're sounds right. kind of like and a. It's all about the Hang, really. Kind of like a thing, yeah. you know. So I, I vote that we part that this part becomes like preliminary, anyways, and then and then we redo the the introduction so that it's actually real. But so every not, single not, but every single time we we try to do one, it's like a different intro. Like, hey guys, this is a puzzle cast, and the next week is like, hey guys, this, hey, is, the, this uh, is this is the poker cast. This is the poker cast featuring uh high players. Hey guys, this is the the hang cast. I mean, no. you don't necessarily have to have cast in front of it every time right no i mean it's kind of like you and i are the uh the backbone of this entire endeavor right now yeah because that's just because we just decided that this, we yeah to this do is it. like spur of the moment thing yeah. i think for the for all intents and purposes this one's called the puzzle cast okay so okay. puzzle cast is our working title yeah for now should we make uh i mean i haven't posted them yet but when i do we can make a separate youtube channel for it for the puzzle cast yeah or for whatever we want to call it I agree. Put on a shirt, dude. What? Not to keep it on. <laughs> don't tell me what to do. Peter, be, uh, be a part of this cast. Put the blanket you don't on yourself and sit here. I'll be a part. Okay, okay, okay. As long as I'm not clothed. You also don't have to... Oh, so I was looking up yesterday on, like, tips, kind of, on how to do things. Okay. One of the things that they said was for... Well, I mean, I'm actually using a mic... Um, but it's like uh, something that stuck out was it said, aim the mic at your mouth, but don't aim your mouth at the mic. So almost like you're talking like, yeah, talking. I mean, like it's like, like conversation. I, I, I can still talk to you like this. I don't have to be like pushing my face up super close. And then the audio looks really bad. That spike in the audio is yeah. going to be, I mean, I could always fix it in post. It doesn't matter. Like right now I'm looking at the waveforms and it's just super, it looks super quiet, but I, yeah. I can just fix it later. Huh. And I'm still learning how to use different. No, wait, that's things, mine, dude. Don't so. take that one. Use the one. No, get get your own, man. It's use mine. No, no, get your own. That's mine. I'm, it's just gonna be right here. Unplug it when it's wherever. <laughs> the limoncello is. That's so bad. I, I really can't take much more of this grappa stuff. It's really Too really much. heavy. It's just like <laughs> you smell it, and you're kind of like, oh man, that's what it's like, and it's in your mouth already. Yeah, you're right. That's kind of how it went down really nice. It goes so. down really warm, but I mean, like maybe you have to take it in. It helps because now we can just take it in small, small bursts, and also uh, not kill that bottle super fast because this is—it's obviously high quality stuff. So. My uh, the first time I ever had grappa, I was uh, I was a freshman, mm-hmm. and I was um, we had a bunch of like a bunch of like master student pianists and we like we were new and so we didn't know how to hang or anything we were like noobs okay. so they they uh they told us like hey come out come hang out with us one night yeah and so we did and he uh this guy he's like a great pianist he uh he had his brother's like moonshine uh Oof. grappa that he makes in his bathtub 
They had it in these. Like, <laughs> the bathtub? No, no, they had it in these ice mountain water bottles, and he poured it out in a teacup for us. And like, wow. mind you, these things are like huge. It's like, you know, definitely more than just a shot. It's like maybe yeah. two and a half shots or something. And so, so um, my friend and I, Ryan, we like we down a whole thing of it like as, su- as quick as we can. It goes down like fire. And then it's it's that one shot that like sends you over the edge too. Like Ugh. you don't you don't need, you don't need anything else after no, that. Not after that. We were like we're fucked up like nice and proper after that. Well, sometimes that's good, depending on what your goal for the night is. Yeah, no, I suppose so. It was a school night. It wasn't really much of a I've been guilty goal. of that. That's, really? what, that's the whole basis of unofficial. Really? Kind of. Never... Well, I mean, unofficial usually falls on, like, the weekday, so... Like I, I thought, I, I always considered unofficial as like the um, unofficial is like the holiday they make up for for not having St. Patrick's yeah. Day. Yeah, well, I mean that's what that's the point it is or what it, it's about. But anytime, like any time that the actual day happens, as far as I remember, it's always been on a weekday. Yeah. So like people will have to go to class. Um, people will be like, "Are you gonna drink really before you go to class?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'll go to class drunk." Yeah. I did it once. <laughs> Wait, which class was it? Uh, it was, I don't remember. It was probably something easy because I never had any difficult classes in the morning. <laughs> but uh, this last semester, um, for one of my labs, <laughs> I wasn't in this, this lab section for the class, but when, uh, like, the day after or, like, some time later, because it, like, it was, like, a Monday, Wednesday, Friday class or whatever, yeah. um, the professor comes in and he... Apparently, because I heard this from my friends that were in the other class, and they're yeah. like, the professor was super pissed because he said that he was really disappointed in people because apparently in the lab, um, somebody like threw up, like <laughs> two two different people like threw up in the lab while oh, while the class was going right on, there. and then he's just like, I'm not really mad, I'm just disappointed. It's like, <laughs> no, it's like it's like when your dad gets disappointed, like your parents or your like your teacher gets disappointed, and you're just kind of like. Like, oh man, like I feel worse about this than if you would have gotten angry. Yeah, no, that, that people have said that, right? Like they, I'd probably rather have somebody just yell at me once, and then instead of being, I'm disappointed because I'm no, just like you failed. Have, being have, being angry at somebody is like a temporary thing that you're like, oh. We had like a chamber coach who was like that. Who was like he was the nicest guy. And I, I enjoyed like having all of my like chamber coachings with him, and yeah. he was just such a good musician. But like there'd be like a few weeks where like. We wouldn't have enough time to rehearse or I wouldn't practice enough. And he would just uh, he, he put this face on that kind of said, like, you know, like you could have done better than this, but we'll work with it. Yeah. It just ah. hurts, you, hurts you to the core, <laughs> like twists you up on the inside. It's like attacking you. Emo- I feel like getting angry at somebody is just like surface level. <laughs> and it's just like it's like punching somebody in the face. But if you're disappointed in somebody, that's like emotional. An emotional attack on them. It really, no, it really, it, it's worse than most things. I think being disappointed. I, I've never been disappointed in anybody yet. Really? Not yet. No, really. Yeah. You have a, you have like a high standard for, every, or a really. I don't like, think it's that I have a high standard for people. Then I, I think I have a lot of patience for people, but not patience for bullshit. Okay, I mean, but nobody, because I'm generally on everyone's like good side, okay. or at least at the very least, like indifferent. Yeah, like, I don't think I've ever had long-lasting beef with anybody, which is yeah. good because I don't like doing that, and uh, like conflict and stuff is just super annoying me. Nah, it's yeah, not conf- yeah. I'm like the least confrontational person. I think. I, I mean, like, I think there are a lot of people who can, you know, rightfully say they're non-confrontational. It's just uncomfortable, you know. It's just like, I mean, I'll do it if I have to, but I just luckily haven't had to have a situation where like I had to be confrontational about 
something. There is a, I don't know, I hate, I'm like really bad with people being confrontational with me. Mm -hmm. I I think I get really worked up about it. And then I feel, I don't know if you ever felt this, like if anyone's ever gotten confrontational with you, but like my, uh, like my heart rate starts going real high. And like, you know, it's, it's that moment where I wish like, you know, in the shower where you have these, like these arguments with people that you just win because you're just so witty (laughs) and all these things. And then you just, you get into the moment, you just, you freeze. Is it like a thing where like, uh, you think about like an argument that you had in the past and then you think about it later and you're like, Oh, I have a really good comeback that if I said it at the time, he would have lost. I know you're, you're doing something menial, like you're making a sandwich during the shower and you're like, this would have done yeah. it. This would have won me the argument. For me, it's like, you said your heart rate just shoots up. Yeah, Mine yeah. is like, I get a, like a hot wash. Really? And like, yeah, it kind of feels, it's almost like the feeling of like getting drunk, but not my, my mental functions aren't completely impaired. Yeah. I mean, there hasn't really been any situations where like I got legitimately angry. Like I yeah. don't think I've been super angry at someone for real like in a very long time but like in a spur of the moment type thing uh-huh. when it it's happened it's like just been like a hot wash that goes up to my head and yeah it's kind of like since it hasn't happened in such a long time or doesn't happen very often it's kind of hard to put into words because like at least what i remember it being is that i want to yell a lot and like have I want to say sentences, but because I'm so like pissed off, yeah, I can't yeah. spit everything out coherently. So it'll yeah. just be like, "Fuck you!" It'll be something like that. That 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 happens more or less with me, like on the street, and um, like you know, typical Chicago like pedestrian, pedestrian and vehicle driver like relationship, like it's never good. Yeah. And whenever whenever something happens, it's always the other person's fault. Now I've been in like various uh various screaming matches with people as we both walk in different directions so really it's, not hey, it's one of those like it's one of those things we have like two two like uh roosters you just kind of like, <laughs> like yeah. Mexican standoff. yeah something like that the, the last thing that I, I think i'd ever had to dealt uh deal with was i was uh, i was driving down the street like a really busy street and this uh this asshole just like decides to start walking mm-hmm. and um and like it's it's clear that i'm driving straight towards him and he's not in any sort of crosswalk yeah. and so like I get really, I, I like, I, I slow up and he's right there and he's walking really slow. And so I beep at him <laughs> and he punches my, uh, he punches my mirror, one of my side mirrors and he just lops it right off. What? Yeah. Yeah. I know. It was like, it was really aggravating. I had to pull over and some, some really nice person like handed me my mirror. It was like, thanks buddy. Uh, Did the dude's was- hand get busted? Cause like. I don't know. He, he just, punched off the mirror? He punched. It's, it's really, it's not that he punched the whole mirror. Oh, off. I was thinking like he took it entirely. Oh no no that that would have been like incredible if he had been like it. no he uh he punched the si- he punched the rearview mirror oh, okay. on the side of the car and like the mirror popped out oh I thought you meant like he walked by and just went wham and then the whole thing just flew off your car I would have been like whoa what the hell no I've never had some that would have been still would have been a lot more impressive no it's really dumb I mean it's like one of many altercations like me or anyone would get into on the street. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Is that like a thing that you experienced, like, you know, living in a college town or like anything like that? The only time people get confrontational in college towns, as far as my experience was late at night when <laughs> everyone's drunk and on the busy street, it, it sort of attracts like anything like tragedy attracts attention like anytime a fight breaks out, I mean, you saw this in like high school. Like anytime a fight bro- broke out, people would like make circles and stuff. So anytime you'd see like two guys yelling at each other across yeah. the street, there'd be like one side of people on the street that are like, 
hey, look at look what's happening over there. There's a fight. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. A group of people are, like egging them on. Yeah. I was always just a bystander who like watched it from the side. So aside from one time when I almost got into a fight in a <laughs> pizza place. For what? Uh, this one asshole was in the pizza place with like all of us because a bunch of people were waiting, were waiting in line. It was a super popular pizza place. It was right next to a bar. So there were a ton of people there. Um, and then this dude is smoking inside and it's like a non-smoking campus. And also it's just like kind of a shitty thing to do to be smoking in the middle of a really packed, yeah, busy yeah, restaurant, yeah, right? Yeah. So me and my friends were telling, wow, my voice just cracked. Uh, me and my friends were like, uh, hey, dude, like, if you're going to smoke, smoke outside, if anything. And obviously it's like some drunk asshole and he's just like, why don't you make me blah, blah, blah. You know, the typical like, oh, I'm going to do whatever I want. You don't, you, you can't, can't tell me what to do. Yeah, yeah, so two of my friends are like in his face about it. Kind of, well, not, in, not, not even in his face. We were pretty respectful about it at first too. We were like, Hey dude, like, can you just take this outside? And like, we we're not calling him like, Hey dickhead, go smoke outside <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. We're just like, like can I mean, you just take this outside? And then he's the one who like escalated it. Yeah. Um, which is good. Cause then that's like the, he threw the punch first in mm. our eyes. But after it was like we were yelling back and forth for a while, um, and then I started getting tired of like whatever he was doing because what he did was he he like took his little butt cigarette butt and like flicked yeah. it on the ground or something, and I was like, all right, this guy's a jackass. And I went walked over, picked it up, and then I stared him in the face, and while I was holding a cigarette butt, and then I. I didn't say anything to him, and then I just opened the door and flicked it outside, and then I was like, see how fucking easy that was? You could have yeah. done that and like avoided causing problems. And then the guy goes up in my face, he's like, yeah, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Just don't tell me what to do. What Don't tell me what to do. And by this time, like people were already obviously aware that something was happening because yeah. this dude's in the middle of a crowded restaurant just like screaming. Yeah. Then we all go sit back down at our table because we had our pizza or whatever, and then... The dude's still yelling in our faces, and then my my roommate at the time stood up. He's he's usually like a pretty calm guy. Yeah. So he was he wasn't escalating anything. He's like, "Look, man, you really need to get outside. Like, you're causing trouble for everyone else. You're being yeah. a disturbance, right?" And then yeah. the dude pushes my roommate. Like, yeah. He, the, the guy was kind of scrawny, and it's just like, Don't was that Matt? was that Matt? Yeah, it was Matt. Okay. Um, okay. So he he pushed my roommate Matt. And then that's what, like, set me off. Because, like, I was already, like, the guy was, his body language was already, like, really aggressive, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Like, he wasn't throwing punches or anything yet, but he was, like, blah, 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 up in your face. Then when he shoved Matt, I, like, I slammed my hands on the table and, like, stood up really fast. Yeah. But the table, the chair that I was sitting on, like, pushed me back. <laughs> and, like, it, it knocked into the girl that was sitting behind me. Yeah. And, yeah. like. <laughs> Even though I was super pissed, like at the in the middle of the moment, I was like, like yeah, yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to do that. Uh, yeah. I was like, just it's, sorry, just enjoy yourself. And then <laughs> I turned back around, and then I just, I didn't say anything either. I was just glaring at this dude, but I, like, I stood up, yeah. and then Matt pushed him back. But I was like, waiting, I was waiting for this guy to throw the first punch. If he if he threw a punch, I would have been on his ass yeah. so hard. Yeah, I would have like you and you and probably everyone else. Yeah, yeah. probably everyone. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure everyone knew that this dude was a dumbass in the situation. Huh. Um, but yeah, like I, if it, by the time that happened, his other friend, probably less drunk friend, came back and was like holding him back. He was like, "Whatever, let's go, let's go." Like I didn't even bother saying thank you. To yeah. him. I was just like, "You need to get out of here." Um, yeah, if that went on any further, he probably would have thrown punches, and then I would have gone into my first 
street fight, I guess yeah. you say, which there's a, there's a, there's a part of me, I've talked to this with my friends who were there at the time, Ryan, you know, Ryan, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was, he was there at the time with us, but even though we were like drinking at the time, um, there's, we were always talking about like, there's some inherent part of me that wants to fight. Yeah. Yeah. Just to like, I might not even necessarily have to have like beef with somebody, but like, I just want to fight somebody just to like see what it's about, you know? No, I think that I think that a lot of people have that like you know that ink or that uh the sort of will to do it at least just, once. Just like you know, just know. silence. Huh? While, while you're young and while you like want to do right. it, I don't know. I, I've had plenty of instances yeah. where like you know when you're drunk, it's kind of like all your all of your inhibitions oh, are yeah. out the window. So you just like you know it's not like you're thinking about it. You just do it. And especially now that like I took up boxing, not not the not, boxing thing now is like, not even boxing for it's an enabler at this point. Because I'm just doing it for workout. I'm just doing it for cardio. Yeah, yeah. Um, but even if I'm just doing drills on a heavy bag, yeah, gives me some level of confidence that I can defend myself way better now. Because it's muscle memory at this point. So honestly, if I got into a scuffle, I feel way more confident now than I did six months ago that I could throw out some of these things that I was pre- like didn't have any clue before. Because before, I'm sure everyone who doesn't train in any martial arts or anything sort of fighting, they have this idea in their head they're like well if this situation plans out, like plays out this way i'm gonna roll under his punch punch yeah, him in yeah. the face whatever like i'm pretty sure every guy has known that at this point i know I've, i was who, who hasn't fantasized yeah, about right? be, being, being in a successful fight yeah. you know just like coming out of victory of sorts like even now when i'm still practicing these things i'm always like running these scenarios in my head just because it's fun it's just yeah. like well if this guy throws a, a right straight i'm gonna duck under it and then i'm gonna grab him by his neck and choke him out or whatever <laughs> I mean, realistically, that game plan will never happen exactly the way you plan it because street fights aren't movies. <laughs> no, also, yeah, I just think that like the the whole idea is just like you know you you want to like you want to imagine yourself like super victorious, but like those like those situations are generally like super super uh, like unplanned and you can't plan for them because everything just happens so quickly, mm-hmm. you know. And also, like I think in the end, like you don't want to be in those situations at all. Like yeah, I don't know. You ever see those? Uh, I I end up I see like a lot of those videos like pop up like on like Reddit or like Facebook or mm-hmm. something like that where it's like a it's some sort of like fight that gets out and like, you feel enraged by it. Yeah. You know that sort of thing. Like I, secondary. Like, and and what I always feel watching them is just like you know this is just bad for everyone. Yeah. Like, you know like even the ones where like the person who like isn't who is wrong like is on top of that situation it's almost it's also just like man someone else got hurt and it might not be like well, it's, it might be bad type, a bad type of like injury too yeah and that's the thing like after we had that little scuffle in the pieces store my friend was like uh say one of us did deck the dude yeah and then he like got knocked out but then bashed his head on the ground bled out and died yeah now we're in like a bunch of legal shit yeah yeah and that's kind of just like the cause of it nowadays like it's not the wild west where you can legally duel somebody to the death and no. that's that like there are percussions even if you're self-defending and things that can happen just because there are always eyes and somebody's probably recording you so even if you try to spin the story one way somebody might try to misconstrue what you were doing and they're like oh well blah, 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 blah. here's video evidence so so like where was the uh where was the management in this situation like were they a part of this at all or like were they just like uh, I'm pretty sure there was only like two dudes ever working it. There was one guy eating and serving <laughs> pizzas, and probably some other dude in the back. I mean, this, this all happened in the span of like 
45 seconds to a minute, so it wasn't that long before the dude got out. But I think if it escalated into an actual fight, then people would get into it. But I think for all purposes, we handled it all right. And then I think, like, the same, either the night afterwards, we saw the same group of guys across the street when we were walking back to my apartment at the time. Yeah. And my friend Ryan was like, isn't that the guy that we saw in the pizza store yesterday? But they were, they were, I'm pretty sure we were, like they're drunk again, but they were on the other stri- side of the street, and we're just like, "Yeah, I think that is them." And we didn't say anything to them, yeah. But they were on the other side of the street, and they're going like, "Da da," and then we were on the same street or other side of the street. We're like, "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> fuck you <laughs> up or whatever." So oh, I never saw those guys ever again. That's how I that's how I approach most of my public interactions. Is I'm probably never going to see you ever again. So I don't know. That's kind of like that's kind of a uh, you know when you're driving and you get like any sort of road rage like. The, the, part, the part about it is just like you never see those people again yeah. and, and in the moment it never really pans out like that i don't know like i guess for me like when i drive everyone's like a, everyone's a dumbass like chicago drivers. have you seen uh you know that one little that one spongebob like still or that one little part where um like what is it they're trying to mimic squidward and so they say everybody's an idiot but me that's me like <laughs> I don't remember that's, that that's a great episode i can't i don't, I don't remember what one that is like peter if you're awake like chime nah he's dead out no that's a great episode um which one was that <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember that it's like um oh no 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 it's the one where um do you remember where spongebob like he he's like skiing with sandy and patrick and he goes off and he like breaks his ass into like oh yeah, 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 pieces. yeah and and they're and they're skiing uh he's skiing down the mountain <laughs> and he goes i'm gonna do the grumpy squidward <laughs> and squidward's like stop uh, stop naming uh tricks after me and spongebob <laughs> goes with his squidward like stance he goes like every Everybody's an idiot except for me. <laughs> is it is the episode where he breaks his ass the same one where he goes there's that other dude and he's like, Oh, he's gonna kick my ass. No, no, that's the that's the that's the one with the bully. No, this is oh, the yeah, one, this is, is one where he's got Chip. He's got his friends on the inside, like Chip and Penny and Use Napkin. It's the one that Oh that yeah, weird, he like quarantines it, it's, himself. It's a right? really good so, yeah, yeah, that one. But it's a really like absurd episode. Like it's got a gorilla at the end. And like oh the real life oh, gorilla the, the, the right real life gorilla. I remember that. Then the giraffe comes out of nowhere, and like you know they Dude, they weird. old SpongeBob was weird. Uh, I I don't know that it got really that was like we I was watching it recently just like revisiting and like it was the most obscure thing I'd ever watched on the show. You know like like it's like absurdist humor before that became like Eric Andre and <laughs> Adult Swim type <laughs> stuff. Okay, I, Adult Swim is like one of the coolest like weirdest things to ha- come out of like television you know especially like a cartoon sort of network cartoon network dude i loved adult swim i well part of it was always that like it was the only other time when anime was shown yeah yeah other than yeah. tsunami so like roni kenshin and stuff was on at the time and that's when i really liked it plus you show like, was on there yeah, too yeah i feel like adult swim is sort of they were almost doing like what th- people would put on the internet nowadays before the internet yeah. was a thing. So they're kind of like a, so, I feel like they're sort of a bridging force between traditional television and like internet culture cool. almost. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, um, well, I definitely think that Adult Swim was like, Adult Swim was definitely trying to do things that were like different. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like shock factor. Well, not, not exactly, but like, well, yeah, I think they yeah. were. Try- I think they were trying to be like shocking. They were trying to do things. I mean, if you if you look at like old Adult Swim, 
where like they had robot chicken yeah. robot chicken's pretty like it's pretty uh grotesque in a lot of ways and like yeah. they're they're like parried parodying like a lot of things but they're also like doing it with uh with like claymation and they're making it yeah. you know pretty graphic when they can and i think that like uh i think that sort of became like a working um like a working way for them to do things and it's it's the same like that sort of like taking animation and then making it less about like less geared towards kids and Mm -hmm. having it mature with the people who grew up with like animation based uh based television like you know as a as a real medium for everything like we because i remember growing up with like cartoons all the time and like morning cartoons and for me like uh for me watching it like uh watching it grow as i grew up too like i saw like all of like my favorite cartoons come back but then also like cartoons become a lot more in depth with like culture you know like if rick and morty is any sort of example of how uh how cartoon animation is is like has it's been medium, used yeah, yeah how has has it's been it's been used to like push existentialist narratives yeah. and nihilism sort of like ideal i think that's like it's reflective of like how uh you know of it's reflective of like the people who watch it yeah. and also reflective of like uh also reflective of just like the culture in general like millennials are like te- typically tend to be like that right yeah. i think that's like a a common thing now because you see you see all of these jokes kind of come up like you know like oh uh like all about like death all about like yeah you know you know you can either push a button and do this or you can push a button and die yeah, you yeah. know that like i think i think like he, like um taking uh taking humor to death is like a way of uh a way of handling it yeah it's know? like a coping mechanism yeah yeah but there, are, there are people this is just a brief aside but there's like a video where some like i think like an iranian woman soldier or something she's like shooting at people and then like a bullet like uh, goes through yeah. the wall that's right next to her, right? And then she starts laughing. Yeah. And apparently in like near death situations, some people will just like hysterically laugh because yeah. that's just their mental way of coping with it at yeah. the moment. Like I'm sure somewhere down the line later, if that woman saw out that footage, she'd be like, Holy shit. Like if that thing was another foot over, I yeah. would be dead. But, <gasps> Did you break the puzzle? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Puzzle cast is over. Puzzle, puzzle cast, cast is, is dead. No. Oh my. That's true. Peter the puzzle cast. Why? He, he, he bumped it and over. it fell and it's gone. Oh my god. Okay, well, the rest of this cast is going to be me fixing well, this. It's not puzzle cast anymore. Oh, well, it's going to be puzzle cast in a minute. God, this thing is so flimsy. I hate it. <laughs> Okay, hold on. I'm gonna fix it. Uh, I swear to God, no! Don't even, don't in, even fret. I got this. In case we look back at, if there's anyone ever who ever watches this before we were starting this, we've been trying to solve a 1,000 piece jigsaw puzzle. It's not that we're trying; it's that we're going. We're to. gonna solve this jigsaw puzzle. It's a picture. It's a nice picture of a bear in <laughs> like a dandelion field with some trees in the back. And I don't even remember the last time I tried to solve <laughs> a, a, a jigsaw puzzle before this, but my God, do I remember why see, like, I probably haven't ever done this? You see, like this completion. is like a, this is a good idea. Like puzzle cast is a great idea. Here, where put we, this closer to your face. Where we solve a puzzle and we and we talk about things that are pertinent towards the right now, mm. but also like puzzle cast is a dangerous job. <laughs> 
puzzle cast. We're playing with fire here. Really though, we're playing with like really delicate, delicate things. Okay, I'm gonna fix this. It's only like okay. Fine. While you're fixing it, I'll go on a little aside about. Oh, we're you're uh, monologuing now. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll monologue. Okay, for a okay. Bit. But that uh, so the the conversation that you brought up about animation. Like how we watched it from yeah. a Saturday morning cartoon incarnation yeah. into the Rick and Morty. Like there is a narrative behind this, or like uh, maybe not necessarily pushing an agenda, but like there's more to it than just images on a screen that's all right. Yeah, there's, like, yeah, yeah. there's there's animation now that's made for more than just kids. Yeah, um, you can look at that like see it in uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender, like. Everyone, if oh, I mean, Avatar. Every, everyone, well, at least all the people who've seen it, like Avatar, the air, the last airbender is just, it's just a great show. I mean, Avatar deserves like an entire conversation on its own because, yeah. you know, that I think that show just, um, that show is just such a, a, such a different caliber of show. And I think like they, they were, they did a really cool thing where they were able to like maintain their, uh, they were still like able to maintain like a sort of audience that was, you know, for children, but yeah. then also like sneak in or rather like write in all of these yeah. like extra, you know, extra thoughtful, like subplots and ideas and themes. You yeah. Know? Well, like you said, how you saw it evolve when we first saw our original run of Avatar. I don't even remember when it was released. I can, you, I can we just used to, Google that. We used to come over and watch it together, yeah. like when we were kids. But I mean, like at the time when we were watching it, I watched it as, you know, like a regular, like, it was an action show for, it was like, it was like Teen Titans or anything. It was like cool characters that are fighting, and I think Shout this is super, Titans, super awesome. But when I revisited it, or even if I revisit it like now, and you watch certain episodes that have like deeper meaning behind it, or there's like story elements that I didn't catch the first time around. Like it's a really well built story, and that's a crazy example of uh, using a medium that has, at least in the U.S., been traditionally for kids, but spinning it into something that can appeal to both kids and adults, which I think is not at all easy to do. But Avatar: The Last Airbender is a masterpiece example of how they managed to do that. You know, I think um, if we consider like entire arcs of that of the TV show, like I think one of the most um, one of the most impressive is uh, is Azula's arc. I yeah, think, I think that's like a really really impressive um, just narrative altogether. Just because it it really paints the it paints this picture of like authoritative power, mm -hmm. and it paints this picture of someone who has this utmost utmost confidence. And in the end, spoilers, it's. Um, in the end, it's really like uh, it's, it's tragic. Like, it's tra it's like a tragic way of coping with like insecurities, and you can really see her insecurities seep out. One of my favorite scenes is um at the end. She crazy. Yeah, when oh, she goes insane, yeah, where she awesome. like she doesn't have any more friends, and everyone's abandoned her, and she just has this like this moment of like frantic um, you know fear almost. It's it's really an impressive scene and really quite awesome to watch. Two thousand five. That's when Avatar was released. Yeah. So we were what nine? No. No, no, no. We were at least eleven or so. Ninety-four, six, five. Yeah, eleven. Eleven or so. It's um, crazy. Puzzlecast is back on. I fixed the frame. We're back we to are puzzles. good. Um, no, no, but yeah, like that whole that that entire like 
image of as of Azula just going crazy and seeing her entire world of power like crumble mm-hmm. was um I think it has a lot more weight than I would have known watching it in what when did the season end like that was towards the end because that was like when Aang was going to go fight well, Fire Lord. Was it, it ended what year? Like 2006 or something? Or no, no, no. No, after that, after it was, that. I think that was like, the Airbender I think was like a three maybe. I'm pretty sure it was like a three year running thing. Because there were what, four, four books, right? Yes. So maybe one a year, like one every nine months or something like that. Yeah. Still one of my favorite series of all time. Oh, dude. Of anything, like any storytelling, that's just still one of my favorite things. One of my, I wanna, I, I wanna, I wanna remember like that one episode, um, Tales of Bossing Say, also like a really good mm. episode that deals with like a lot of like issues that are not that are. It, it really humanizes the subjects, you know, like it humanizes. Is that the one where Iro sings the brave. Li- oh, it's so sad. <laughs> it's the one where that happens. It's also it's also the one where like um it gives a little more backstory on top, and it also it develops your character a little bit yeah. more. Um, it talks about uh, Aang's relationship with Appa, I think. Because um, yeah, because that's when he got kidnapped, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, around that time. Uh, that I think that episode is a really interesting one too, because like, you know, given the chance, like they, you know, they had the chance to like push the narrative even farther, but like, you know, and I'm not sure how much this uh, this episode really plays into the overall like relevant narrative, but like entirely, this like helps us uh, develop depth in the character, mm-hmm. and it also like teaches. Uh, it's like a, a realistic, like a realistic episode where it shows like. The human, the human side of like each character, especially Iroh, like Iroh having, uh, you know, him being like this uh, father who like lost his son to the war, yeah, and like how it affects his everyday life and how like, um, and how he goes about doing everything almost because of that situation, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> I saw a comment on Reddit that was like, uh, "Who would you guys want to elect for president in 2020?" <laughs> and the top rated comment was like, "Uncle Iroh." Uncle Iroh, I mean, I'd vote for him, dude. I mean, he'd give you, he'd make a good tea, right? He'd be the best, yeah, best president, best uncle. So sad that the, his voice actor died halfway through. Yeah, yeah but the guy who, uh, it's his name was like Mako something, but the guy who replaced him actually, uh, was like his. He studied under him. Yeah. So if you listen carefully, like the comparisons between like season one and season four or whatever. You can hear the differences between the voice, but like that guy is like spot on. Like no, I, I didn't know that. They, I didn't even know that they changed voice actors until I had read that fact after the show ended. So. I, I mean, I think like it's really smooth altogether, though. Like his his nuances and his mannerisms really age well with the character, yeah. and so like uh, I don't know, it was super successful for me. Like I didn't I didn't notice any sort of visible change when we watched it. And I want to be a voice actor. If that was. People are like they have dream jobs, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I still don't know what mine is, but one of those jobs, one of the jobs that I always thought was super fucking cool, is voice acting. Yeah. I mean, you've heard me. I like to do dumb voices all the time, and like a Christopher Walken voice, and like impressions yeah. in general, it's, right? Like, I don't know. It's just fun. It's, yeah. I think it'd be a really cool thing to get into. So, you know, but at least in the U.S., voice acting. Well, well, here's another animation thing that we can talk about. So in the U.S., animation is not like a big thing per se. Like it, it, it has a market. Obviously, you know, like yeah, kids yeah. and whatever. But like that's that's the market. So voice actors aren't in super huge demand outside of things like Pixar movies or DreamWorks or whatever. 
and then like the whatever shows they run on like Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, and then Adult Swim, and then like that's it, right? But yeah. If you, yeah. The you know, only other example that I can think that's like a counter example of that is Japan, and you look into well, I mean with like the anime, anime right? industry, yeah, right? Yeah. And the thing with anime, like when you said it's uh it's a medium, it yeah. truly is a medium over there because for Japan, like how we have in the U.S. You have shows on Netflix that can range all sorts of genres. You have yeah. horror, you have romance, whatever, kids, adult specific like shows like Westworld or yeah. Black Mirror, whatever. Same thing in Japan, but you'll find it all in an anime form. Like there's kids shows for anime, there's more adult oriented shows like Death Note. Mm-hmm. That have you know much heavier themes that resonate more with an adult crowd, and yeah. I think because that market has, or because Japan uses animation as a medium there instead of a niche market, mm-hmm. uh, voice acting there is way bigger. So voice actors in Japan are much more established. Like they have huge careers over there that like those people are raking in a ton of money, not only because they have so many more projects to choose from since as a medium, there are just more opportunities for them, yeah. but just because they are more widely uh, recognized by the public in Japan, because if they're invading more invading, I say that in quotes, <laughs> if, if they're in more media that they consume, then obviously they'll have more exposure, which leads to better job security for them. Yeah. And dude, voice actors from like Japan and Korea they're super good. Not saying that we don't have good voice actors in the US. There's yeah. like Matt Mercer and Troy Baker. There's like a very small subset of in the US there's a very small subset of people that are like super good and they're kind of like in everything. Like yeah. uh, Tom Kenny, voice of SpongeBob. He's he does, he's he did SpongeBob. So he did many things the actually. Mayor in a wasn't, Girls. wasn't he also Timmy Turner, I think? No, was, that's Tarsh. No. Okay. I think or Laura Bailey, one of those two. But like it's it's a pretty small group of people that are really good at what they do, but yeah. like, it's pretty much confined to that group of people, right? Yeah. Um, but with the rise of the internet, there are people who have decided to make their own things, and they sort of start getting uh, voice acting roles that way. So hmm. this all wraps back to the internet being a, a breeding grounds for the next generation of entertainment. And I, and I think like, you know, for, well, any, look at us. For, for literally anyone, the, the single or two people who ever like Watch find it. this and, and <laughs> listen and like able, are able to get through the first I'll like 38 minutes of us, do, of us talking about like, we haven't you know, even been talking about the first thing. That literally we nothing, <laughs> you know, um, like I, this, this was something that like we had talked about last, uh, you know, last time, we yep. have this conversation where like I, I think that something that interests both you and me is just the the sort of proliferation of the internet and the the way that the internet has evolved culturally and how it also evolves culture. And I think that like um I think that, you know, with the availability of the internet like as uh, as a way to like showcase almost anything, uh that's and I think like um that really pushes forward like how animation has become big mm-hmm. you know animation uh, if you think about like you know the history of animation in america like which i'm not totally like not totally up to date on with my history yeah. like you know there's all you have a lot of great like a lot of great voice actors who did a lot of things um do you remember the name of the guy who did bugs bunny because he did almost anything 
His name. No. no. Look it up really quick. He's really. Wasn't that the guy? I think I read a story about him where it's like he was in a coma. Or, I don't know if this is true or not. I think I read this on Reddit or whatever. Like I do literally everything else I hear. Yeah. But I saw on Reddit where it was like he was in a coma from, I don't know if it was an accident or like an illness or whatever. But if it's true or not, they said that like a friend or a doctor or whatever went. Hey, what's up, Doc? Like he was, and then he responded. Like he was totally a vegetable beforehand. Yeah. But when oh, when somebody same, yeah, yeah, but when somebody this, said that the, the, story. the famous yeah. "What's up, Doc?" line, he was yeah. like, yeah, da, 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 and then he responded, like, "What the heck?" Yeah. Yeah, I really think that like I really think like that the internet has really pushed uh, an animated okay. an animated cartoon medium a lot farther than it could have oh, been. Yeah. Um, and I, I think like the cultures that come out of it. I mean, if you even take into account like fandoms, like fandoms are incredible. Like do these these like self contained communities where like you know memes for the sake of calling it that, like yeah. sort of they grow and they die and they like evolve and they do all these things within a really specific small culture. And they're almost like these. They're like the nichest of all communities because fandoms in, in, encompass like all the dark like all the dark and great things that you know small communities can create together yeah uh and the cool part is that it's all done with it's all done like uh communally but also without each other and i think like that whole idea is what makes the internet like super important for us now is just like the idea of like a collective togetherness yeah right uh it's collective togetherness that is you know so isolated from everyone else and i remember i remember a time when like and i mean this is still relevant is just like how like that sort of isolationism is like it, it plays into a lot of bad things mm -hmm. that come out of the internet as well you know like you know cyberbullying for one where like because you're safe behind a screen like it's yeah. easy for you to like become uh, some sort of character that you're not willing to display like outside of it mm -hmm. um or even like or even like um people who uh people who do things online that are like you know illegal or stuff like that like you know that sort of personality or your internet personality can be completely disparate oh, from yeah. like your outdoor outside uh, personality and i think that's really really important because that disconnect of uh that disconnect of who you are and where you're at you know plays into a lot of different character uh you know and identity traits yeah it's it's the anonymity of the internet like you said you're safe behind a screen nobody can grab you physically or yell at your face like it's all just words on a screen that you're just like well it doesn't have to hurt me if it doesn't if i don't want it to right yeah and um i was actually listening to uh a funhouse podcast I, wow shout out again to them i'm probably gonna shout it out to them like every single week because i just listen mm -hmm. to them so much but yeah. they're a good podcast i yeah. they, i was gonna tell you earlier they do a really good movie podcast too you said yeah. you told me one about incredibles too right yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one. The one that I started recent uh, listening to recently is called uh, Blank Check. Yeah. So um, I, and that's a great. I one think as you should well. you should check out Funhouse's Incredibles too. Think because okay. that that also, or check out any of their movie podcasts that are yeah. like relevant to a movie that you're interested in. Because like that, that, they have really good opinions, and then I end up usually agreeing with them because they're pretty yeah. good. But anyways, I was listening to them, and uh, one of them brought up a, a thing that I didn't actually think of before, but I think could be very valid in like either the immediate or near future. But she said, um, it, today's age, since, you know, even toddlers have access to, like, they know how to use iPhones and, and iPads and stuff, you know, like, it's just a very tech-savvy generation that's coming up. Yeah. She said that maybe there should be sort of like uh, an internet etiquette 
being taught in school. Because prior to us, well, us and like generations beforehand, we already had this discussion where like, well, we were pre-internet also. So we know what it's like to have not that sort of connectivity and everything that you do is all interactions that you do face-to-face in real life. Yeah. But that's not so much going to be the case anymore with all these newer kids growing up when they're immediately given access to literally the rest of the world, right? Yeah, yeah, like and boundless information. Yeah. And like- so teaching them, I think we have an advantage because we grew up at a time where we were cognizant of our actions in real life so we could develop the etiquette that we would use in real life and sort of translate that into the internet, assuming you're not an asshole, right? Like you said, like most people nowadays are mature enough to handle themselves on the internet. Well, I'm not going to say most, but a lot of people are. Um, but increasingly, as people use just the internet for their means of communication and maybe less in-person communication, that internet personality might end up becoming more of the dominant one than their outside personality. And but if that I, internet, I, I think like I think I think that touches on a really important thing that like that your internet personality becomes much more dominant than your like than your uh, you know hot, you know whatever you want to call your your waking life personality. Yeah, like your, your IRL, action, me yeah, IRL, your, your me IRL <laughs> pers- like personality. But I, I think that like your internet personality is such an is such an interesting concept to think about because. You know, I, I think in the uh, with the idea that a lot of kids are growing up a lot more tech savvy and that, you know, the digital age has brought on like a really important aspect of the Internet and that it's everywhere and that it per- yeah. it's like pervasive in every single like facet of our lives. Um, I think that like growing up with the Internet and having like having this sort of like being thrust into the idea of like a digital age off the bat, like, um, you know, it really pushes you to develop like how you feel about certain things like how, like on the internet, you know, almost um, in, in the same way that you develop your own personality and how you deal with things regularly. And I think that like interplay is really, really cool just because like, uh, just because like your uh, internet personality can be totally different than like your IRL personality. And, and for instance, like, I, I, I guess, I guess in the way that like the internet and social media platforms, like they, uh, they sort of like preserve this personality that you've created on mm-hmm. the internet. Like it's easy to, to like have those things become so prevalent because you view them every day and just have them become wake like part, like parts of your waking personality yeah. and, ha- and carry them with you wherever you go. And I mean, like, let's think about this in terms of like, uh, in terms of like memes, let's say memes, okay. so let's say like, you know, how often, like, how often are, like, memes, like, talked about in real life? Like, you know, things that people see in the internet. Yeah. You know, like, how often are, like, are, is, like, a viral video talked about? Or how often is, like, you know, some sort of shared internet culture is, like, talked about in real life? That's true. You know, and it, is that, and I think that just really shows, like, the, the overlap between the two, especially as we go from, like, isolationist screen to, like, um, to, like, real life, you know, communication and stuff mm-hmm. like that. That's a good point. Yeah. Like, that's true. I mean, nobody walks up to another person outside of, like, a group of friends and goes, see that funny meme today? Ha, ha, ha. It's like, true. with passing strangers... I guess anything related to internet culture is never the main topic. It always happens as either like you 
make a reference and somebody's like, oh, yeah, I saw that thing too. And then you can have a conversation about it. Mm-hmm. It's never usually the central focus of a thing of like normal everyday today conversation just because, well, there's still a group of people out there who aren't very internet savvy. And the group that does tends to acknowledge that internet culture in certain cases can still be considered, I guess, cringy, if you like to use those words. Um, cause you know, not everyone understands the humor or the, the ideas behind whatever's going in the internet. So they, I mean, I'm kind of guilty of this too. If you bring up conversation in real life about something that you're passionate about, um, whether that be the internet or yeah. something yeah. else, and you're not around a group of people that you're necessarily comfortable talking about it with, you're sort of hesitant to talk about it because you're like, well, I don't know how they're going to react. Right. And I think right now that's a situation that internet culture and memes and, and all this stuff is in the case it is right now because there's still that generational gap where there's a group of people who grew up with it and understands it. There's a group of people who didn't grow up with it and adapted to it, so they're fine with it. And now there's a group of people that it's just going to be in part of their lives 24-7. Yeah. And then as the older generations are out of the picture and the new ones, I think it'll become a more normalized thing that people can start integrating into their conversations outside of just the internet. Not saying that it has to be, but I'm yeah. just saying that, that the doors for it to become normalized in regular outside everyday me IRL society can become less of a, I guess, taboo thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that like, I think we've definitely touched on like a bunch of things that deserve like really, really in-depth conversation. Yeah. You know, like I know we've talked about like intergenerational use of technology. We've definitely talked about like social media and the use of memes. Mm-hmm. We've also talked about like, um, I think, well, I mean, we also talked about like isolationism and we've talked about like togetherness. Yeah. Um, I think like one other thing that would be really useful now, I mentioned this before is just how, um, is just, you know, how the internet is essentially just a place that, uh, you know, it initially like with the internet being essentially used for communication, uh, it became a lot more based in like advertising and a lot lot based in marketing. And I think that deserves like, you know, that'll deserve a whole conversation. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, especially the idea of social media, like, like that'll take place with like in any sort of conversation with social media as like a marketing platform. Everything is, everything is meant to be sold. Like you and your personality are meant to be sold. And I think that's a, I think that really has broader implications on like, on a, you know, social, uh, uh, social philosophy and like, ideas of uh, ideas of like who we are as people and what society means and what society wants culture to be you know and i think that's really interesting that like in essence right now with how with how uh with how um concentrated the internet is with like you know um, with like social media and like being connected with mm-hmm. other people like quote unquote you uh it just it, it's really just a platform for you know you just like you to have all of your personality traits sold out and then compartmentalized into um compartmentalized into like facets of yourself that can be sold you know to other things you know it's all part of like a a large economic scheme at this point yeah. i think even not to derail your point but like selling yourself uh i feel like has kind of been a thing even pre-internet i mean yeah as soon as the rise of like radio i think happened that's when like selling a personality became a thing yeah like there are iconic radio hosts and then after that became iconic tv hosts you know uh jimmy fallon uh 
Conan O'Brien. Those are the personalities that have been sold to the wider public, and that's the entire platform for their uh, business strategy. And then, like of course, like you said, internet starts coming along, and now people suddenly have the ability to do this for themselves. And now it's just the next step, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what is uh, what is what we're doing now? But selling, yeah, like, it's our yeah, we're kind of well. doing, we're we're you know? guilty of doing the exact same thing, you know. But I, I think that's like, um, I think with the internet, there's a certain dubiousness to like how everything is sold, and there's that there's that whole. It really deals more with social media, and not with the internet, but really with social media and how like, um, essentially everything is marketed as this way to keep connected, and rather than it being actually connected it's really just a way for information to be sold your information and like the whole every, facebook every, scandals yeah 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 know. and you know with cambridge analytica and like even you know even with like um you know stuff like youtube or like anything like that all of your like all of your clicks like everything that you yeah. like or favorite is just locked and all you know and, and all that is is just to sell like it's to sell um into your personality you know like yeah. it's trying to compartmentalize with who you are so that it can better ascertain what you like and better sell to you and i think like and I, and I think in that case like how personality is sold has really changed like um you know i, I guess how personality is sold is never it, it's like there's always like people role models you look up to that sell your personality but then there's also like the idea of like you creating a personality that is also like used to do so many other things yeah. um and i think like i think it's really cool not really cool, but just like kind of scary to see how um, how well you can box up your own personality on the internet and how well you can like create profiles that pertain that pertain to who you think you are. You know, and I think I think that that's another conversation that we'll need to mark right there because like um, for future for future conversation, just how like um, how the Internet is just like this one big place or social media platforms really are just this one big place where you can decide who you want to be and what you want to be and what you like. And that's what you show other people. Yeah. And that and that plays into you've heard about this, right? How like there's um there's that sense of that people will only share like. They only share what oh, success like highlights. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They only share the highlights, and so you know the uh, I guess the collateral effects of that are that you or other people viewing these things that are only positive or only like these highlights, and so it it affects like a it affects a communities a lot more because when people don't see that they're making the same amount of achievements yeah. or the same type of achievements, it sort of leads to this existentialist crisis where like I want to be doing stuff like this. I want to feel important and valid. Um, and, and I guess so that plays into the sort of like huge, you know, vastness of the internet, you know, and like the sort of anonymity that follows it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the whole basis for Instagram and like Snapchat, right? Like, yeah. like we said, people post the highlights and then you're right that the people who are witnessing it, they want nothing more than to experience the same sort of highs that everyone else is. I mean, I'm going through that right now. Like I've been seeing a lot of people that are like, uh, you know, I just got a cool job or whatever. I'm going to these places. I have the freedom to, to do what I want. But right now I'm me personally. I'm just like, I'm in a rut. And there are days where it gets to me where if I just see something on Instagram or I see a status message on like Facebook or whatever of people being successful, I am 100% guilty of me being like, 
I wish I was in that situation right now. Well, I mean, like, it's not bad to wish you're in that situation. I I think, I don't think there's any bad, anything bad with like, you know, wanting to be like that or wanting to be successful. But I, I really think that like the, like that sort of existential dread that you get from watching people do things like that. It really, like, I think, and I think that really plays into how, like, you know, how it's just so common to see things on the internet that are just like all about, you know, uh, like, you know, meaningless death or like, mm-hmm. oh, I just want to die or I want to do this or that and normalizing, normalizing death in a way that makes it like humorous. You know, like, I, I think there's a, there's something disturbing about like making that super normal. And I, and like, um, I don't know. I think that like with seeing things on Instagram like that, one, I mean, I wanted to say, I wanted to like mention this, but like one thing that I see on Instagram a lot of the time, or one thing that I experience is like, I see, um, you know, and this is kind of like, you can say, you can think whatever you want about my personality with Mm -hmm. this, but like whenever I see stuff on Instagram, you know, a lot of times, like, um, I get this feeling like, you know, it's really like not important. Like none of this is important and you sharing it with anyone isn't important. You know, mm-hmm. like there's like there's no reason for any of us to want to see anything that anyone else is doing, you know, and that it's like a and for me, like I fall into this like idea where like like posting like prolifically has just become this sort of like um, it's just become like pandering to like a sense of voyeurism over the Internet yeah. and like just this like wanting people to see you and wanting to assert yourself over like a group of people who can't have any sort of true say about what you do because you're they're only seeing like a slide that you decide is correct. Ooh, you know, that's a, that's a thing that I saw once that has stuck to me to this day and has sort of not, it's not a, a code that I live by or anything, but it's just always a thought that sticks in the back of my head ever since I heard it. And it's, uh, Every single person that you've met, literally every single person that you've ever met in your entire life has some version of you in their eyes. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I remember this too, this image. You're, you have some idea of what I am to you. Yeah. My mom has some idea of what I am to her. Yeah. My sister has some idea of what I am to her, whatever. But each and every single one of those me's, yeah. those versions of me's from all of these other people are completely different. I mean... You and I have been good friends for a super long time, uh, yeah, so you yeah. obviously know me a lot more than other people. Yeah. But then this other dude that I met just one week, one week ago might only see me as maybe a guy who doesn't talk a whole lot. Yeah. But then you know me as like yeah. as a conversationalist. I like talking to people. Yeah, yeah. And it's just crazy. After I heard that quote the first time, it just like blew my mind because I was just like, "That's it's crazy because it's true." And there's a part of me that's morbidly curious to see how other people view me in a certain light. And I think this ties back to your conversation about um, pointlessly, you know, trying to grab attention on the internet because with us having access to and the freedom to post whatever we want, our highlights, the reason why people post our highlights on Instagram, Twitter, whatever is because they're trying to mold their image into a certain way so that people will only view them as that successful or that happy person because nobody wants to see other, like you don't want other people to see you at your lows, obviously. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting. Um, I want to bring up something that's real. That's uh, it's, it's always come out as like uh, as counter to that it is. And it's, it's, it's paradoxical, but it also plays into the same thing. Um, the whole, like I, 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 the whole like self-help 
and positivity mm-hmm. like culture that's come out is it's great i, I believe in positivity yeah, you know i'm myself a pessimist but i believe in like trying to maintain like a positive outlook but like you know there i think people are a lot more open with like certain aspects of their of their like lows and um I, and that really speaks to like a communal sense of like uh, a communal sense of like what's acceptable to feel as low. You know what I mean? Like I um, it's hard to explain because like you don't want to bash on like how people experience their world and what they might be experiencing. But at the same time, like I think, um, you know, I see a lot of posts that are like, you know, I was here and I'm like and I was doing this and I was feeling so terrible. But now I'm here. Yeah. through like whatever means through my own self power and I'm here and I'm not, and I like, I'm doing great. And people see that you're doing fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I, I, there's always been like this sense of uh disingen- disingenuity, like where it's like that, that, uh, that dark part that you're willing to share with people is like only really uh it's only like this, this dressed up aspect of your personality that you are okay with sharing with other people. And, you know, maybe like, you know, you can't really speak to this with everyone, you know, maybe some people use it as a way to like open up about who they are and use it as a, as a a medium or as like a platform to say, I was this and now I'm here. But then I I think that, you know, there are definitely situations that abuse that, that sort of uh, really noble platform and make it more about yourself, you know? And um, I, I think like, that's come about with like extended use of like or extended exposure to other people and seeing what other people play into and then how and, and seeing how people respond to other things and then how you react to it right yeah um that's an interesting thing that i've just been thinking about a lot one one like to draw back a little bit and to maybe make this a little bit lighter you you were saying you've always wanted to like know about um how other people think of you there's um there's a sort of funny story that i've kept with me for like the last you know few months or so but um so at, at, at the brewery near where I live, you know, yeah. down the street, um, there's that guy who used to work with, right? Okay. Uh, the Filipino guy. You worked with him? No, you worked with him. Remember? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And um, and it's it's always funny because he's always like he because he always uh like whenever I talk to him, I'm like oh hey, you're Aaron's friend, right? Yeah, and he's like he's always got this positive attitude towards yeah. you, but. He also like never, never doesn't mention like, man, that guy's such a mean Lord. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm just like, you've said this like the last three times I've spoken to you. He is, he is like, he's got a good grasp on the meme yeah. culture, but like he's a meme Lord himself. Yeah. I, I, I think that for me, that was just really funny because like, and it's really pertinent because the way that he views you is like in that. I'm like of, the internet culture. Yeah. You're, you're, you're the right? internet yeah. culture guy who like, you're so in it and you have all these like roots spread out over different platforms yeah. and you know, all these meme things. Things, like quote-unquote meme yeah. things right and I, I think like that's an interesting like <laughs> it, it, yeah, it really plays cool. into that because like that's how he sees you it's like it's as the meme lord and yeah. as like someone who can you know maybe uh compete with his memeiness yeah. and stuff like that and meanwhile i have the kids that i coach for volleyball and they probably should only view me as coach yeah right yeah you know it, it's that sort of thing and i i i guess like being over or hyper aware of that isn't like you know, you don't want to fixate too much yeah, on that. Either. That's just like wasted energy. Yeah, right. You don't want to think too much about what people are thinking yeah. of you. But I, so when you mentioned that, I think there are, there's a book that I read recently, or not recently, I read it a while ago, but it's, uh, it deals with a really similar topic. It's called The Eye, 
by uh, the eye by Vladimir Nabokov. Um, it's is that, is that the book that Yuri read? No, it's not. Huh? No, no, no. In, in Doki Doki literature. <laughs> no, no, no. Just, there's something about the eye. No, no. Oh my god. The, the eye is uh, it's a fantastic like hundred page you know short short novel. Um, I think that's redundant. Anyways, okay. it's it deals with that. It deals with like viewing the self in different uh, perspectives. Mm-hmm. I I would. I think I have it somewhere, and if I do have it, I need to give it to you to read like yeah, while you're traveling because that that book really plays on that topic, like mm-hmm. the like the versions of you that exist infinitely across like all of all of living. And this is like you know before anyone had any notion of like multiverse type of bullshit, yeah. you know, like you know there's infinite amounts of anything. Yeah. This was like playing in like the singular play, like in a, on a singular dimension, like you know there are just an infinite amount of views because there's an infinite amount of people viewing you. Yeah. And and, and that and like in a, in essence that's the eye and um you you'll sort of figure that out with the character you know barring i find this book and give it to you but uh if anyone ever wants to read that uh vladimir nabokov's the eye is like an exceptional read that's about you know that sort of like identity and even individualism i mean i've had that passing thought where this person that i'm only seeing for a half second when i drive next to them on the road like they've probably had all sorts of crazy life experiences that I'll never get to know because I have only, and maybe will only ever be in proximity next to them for this one brief moment in time. And I love that thought. I love the thought of like, you know, of thinking about some other people and thinking about how they experience things as personal and as intimate as you do now. But like, you can't ever comprehend how you, how they experience them. And they're, there are like like millions and billions of people that you will never meet, but they experience life in the same sort of like first person, like yeah. super intimate, super present. And, and I think like that sort of not that sort of like idea and that sort of vision is like overwhelming in a sense, you know. It kind of makes me a little freaked out if I yeah. think about it too much. Yeah. Unless this is all <laughs> this happens to the thing where you're like nothing is real except me. Oh, like solipsism. Yeah. And then yeah. we end up we're all in the matrix and you're just the projection of my thoughts and you're only responding to the way that I want you to respond to me because my subconscious ego or whatever the hell wants it to happen that way. I mean, you never know, Ooh, man. It could happen. <laughs> Who knows? Nah, I, I, I really like that whole, uh, I like that. It's, it's like, thought, it's, yeah. yeah, it's just really interesting yeah. things that I like to think about every now and then because it keeps the day-to-day less monotonous and it's just like, well, I don't have to go about my day having to drone about the same thing every time like makes it a little bit more interesting and you know yeah i don't have to be bored all the time mm. yeah i don't know i think that like you know thought in that regard is like it's what keeps you sane a lot of the time too yeah i don't know i i spend a lot of time like to myself you know like being a pianist like being a uh you know practicing on my own and having a lot of situations where i'm not i'm not like communal with anyone yeah you know, it, it's basically my entire day is I'm solitary. And, and I mean, so for background, like my, my teacher, he, um, there was a point um, in my undergrad where he was like, you know, we were just talking and he was like, 
you know, she's like, you know, you, you chose to be a pianist and you have to realize that like being a pianist is like one of the most lonely things you could ever choose to do, you know, like, because, you know, other instrumentalists, they can be part of like groups and yeah. they inevitably become part of groups as their livelihood. Whereas pianists, like they can become part of things or like, but a lot of their time is spent alone. Yeah. You know, a lot of my time is spent like, you know, mulling over certain like little aspects of what I'm trying to play. Yeah. And, and I think that's sort of like that um, isolation is like it either like breaks you and it makes you feel kind of stir crazy. And it happens to me uh-huh. or it just like it's like this uh, it's this canvas where you can like think about, you know, really odd things and things that are in your head and just like work them out and, you know, turn them over and over and make them something else. And so, like, I, I don't know, I kind of I kind of come to like um to like solitary, to like the whole, uh, to like routine, because then, you know, it allows for like, you know, I can, I can let my thoughts roam a bit in the routine, you know? Well, I think everyone needs a little bit of me time. Oh yeah. Barring the whole introvert extrovert debate. Yeah. There are very much, I think everyone, there's a time and place where you need to recoup from all the energy from other people outside of you. And you just need time to relax and gather your own thoughts without any interruptions from outside and then there's always of course the opposite of that where you need some level of interaction to keep you sane like you said like for me personally um when i was living in urbana by myself loved it i mean living by myself was awesome and i definitely i'm gonna do that again at some point in the future yeah but i think i could only hold myself up in my apartment or like do things by myself for maybe like three days in a row before yeah. I was like, okay, I need to go hang out with somebody or yeah. like, I need to go do something with somebody. Cause or else if I don't have regular conversation with other people that I know, or like can just talk to another human being, I'm probably going to go insane. And to some extent, I think <laughs> it always ties back to the internet. The internet sort of alleviates that with the ability to chat with people from across the world. And also, wow. My voice just cracked. But I also think that the internet, the internet um, to go back into it, like you have this ability to talk to other people, but then you also have this like you also have the ability to completely not do that yeah. too. And you you can like um and it provides a bit more freedom than would, you know, being outside because you're not actually interacting with anyone. All you're doing is like viewing and observing. You know, like you can go into comment sections and you don't have to be a part of anything. Yeah, that's what you know, lurkers are on Reddit. So. I mean like being like as I am, like, you know, I, I just I just watch and observe and right. I just like see how things go as things how thing uh, see how things pan out and um you know that that's a really that's a really um important thing to remember because like when you're out when you're outside um and you're walking around or you're driving you're like you're uh, actively participating with other people you know in what is community but the internet is is such a blank space that you really don't have you don't have any prerogative to do anything. Um, there's nothing that's telling you you have to do something on the internet um, or to interact with anyone. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> right. We'll see. Yeah. But yeah, Twitter. <laughs> there's something where it's like Twitter is a conversation between yourself until somebody else decides to butt in. That's true. And that's that's, kind fu- of, that's kind funny. Of true, right? Yeah, like, yeah. It's even the same thing with like status updates on Facebook. Before, when I was like a dumb teenager and was like 
let me post a, a status yeah, because yeah, right? I think like, it's cool. Yeah, I mean, like, now that pe- I, like people need first, to know oh, about like what I'm doing, <laughs> first, right? First of all, the whole idea of like going back and looking at old Facebook things, dude. You just gotta, just, you gotta get, you gotta worst. get that program. It is the you worst. Gotta, you gotta get the program that deletes your old Facebook oh, as time progresses, dude, so that I, you don't have to deal with it. Like I think maybe like two months ago, I went back and looked at like my early photos. And first of all, I was like, I was fat. And then second of all, <laughs> I was just like, oh my god, I'm such a loser. Uh, well, and then there's that shower thought that's like, your future self is talking shit yeah, about yeah, you. Yeah. It's so true. And I'm sure it'll be the exact same thing like five years from now to me doing this. But oh god, just word of caution, just anyone ever don't look at your old stuff because it sucks but isn't that cool isn't that interesting too that like you know with the internet do that with social media there's and and these databases there's just like it's not like you couldn't do that before there's photography but also like i think just the availability and then the proximity to like the fact that you can visit your past with like a few clicks is terrifying right I, i blew my friend's mind with this when i went out and got food with them last time i was like I'm not tuning my own horn, but I was like, have you ever realized that we're sort of the first generation of people in human history that can leave and trace and highlight every single point of our lives so easily? Because, I mean, obviously, for however long humans have existed and our ancestors that got us to this point, I could tell you who my grandpa was and that's about it. Like, I don't know who my great grandpa is. I don't know who his father is. I don't know who his father is. I don't know any of their brothers or sisters, but starting like with me or maybe my mom and every other generation after us, assuming that, you know, the information stored on the servers of Facebook or whatever other internet giant that has all this information on us doesn't get like physically destroyed so that it's no longer accessible to anyone. Yeah. Yeah. This information will be out there for the rest of history, yeah. which is scary, but also cool at the same time yeah. because with the rise of the internet and the ability to do whatever you want, you can put sort of time capsules out there to be like, well, f- for me, I want to do it because I want to say I left something and I did something, and it's just fun to look back on. Not the same way that looking back at Facebook things are, and it's cringy. Maybe it will be. Maybe I'll look back at this podcast that we're doing and think, man, that was stupid. But in assuming if I live 80 years from now, I'll be like, that was me at 23. And then I'll show my, my great-great-grandson, and he'll be like, damn, great-great-grandpa was a cool guy. and He huh. did things on the internet, and or, this is the first <clears throat> time this has ever happened. Yeah, and I guess this 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 final, this goes into this, like, idea um, that, like, you know, what we do now is almost trailblazing, like, it things is. to come. I mean, the internet's at this, at this point, it's maybe, like, if we're real about it, what, 992, 2002, it's maybe like 36 years old. It's not that old. You know, yeah. if we're counting like the real like launch of the internet in 82 and how like how it can be tracked yeah. and then like, you know, how it gains steam in the 90s and the 2000s, I mean, um, it's not that old, you know. And I think like just the this is something we mentioned in the in the in the previous and the prelude zero, to this. Yeah, yeah, in yeah, episode zero. Yeah, the pilots of the pilot where like um how that that whole you know that that uh, story or not even the story just how like the uk adopted so much uh like over 60 percent of their population their adult population adopted um 
smartphones, yeah. you know, by 2000, like what, 15. And that's insane that like that amount of people can just adopt, you know, digital tools into their life so quickly. And so like almost haphazardly. And so like, if we think about what we're doing now, even though, even though the podcast idiom is really old at this point, old in internet terms, yeah. you know, like, yeah. It, it's week. Still, yeah, yeah. It's, it's still trailblazing though. It's like, it's still doing things that, um, you know, it's not necessarily like we could stumble onto like uncommon ground yeah. or like we could stumble onto something bigger than what we've than what we've previously thought. And I think that's like something really interesting as the Internet. I mean, you called it like the Wild West of, yeah. uh, of our era and something that just needs to be traversed and something that needs to be like um, explored and all that type we, of stuff. We don't completely know the full potential of it. Or maybe we have. No, or yeah, that's right. No. Uh, but but the scope, the scope yep. isn't there. We don't have the. And I think it's really interesting. The scope doesn't really come except for through time. And the only way we can ever view its importance is by waiting. Mm-hmm. And and that's it's sort of like the curse that you're born into is just you know you'll never know the scope of anything you do uh, you know until lifetime. you're until you're dead yeah. or or like by some miraculous feat you become famous or something. And then you get to see the fruits of your work become proliferated throughout whatever. Or, or regain immortality. Hey, dude. Who bad. knows? It it's 2018. Happen. It could happen. I Well, I have been – well, this is sort of a thing that people have been saying ever since the advent of modern technology where it's it, – okay, well, I shouldn't say that. Technology <laughs> has obviously been accelerating and advancing in such a ridiculous pace even in the last five years, ten yeah. years. I mean, 10 years ago, people not, like you said, not that many people had smartphones, but 2018, when's the last time you saw a flip phone, right? Like almost everyone has this. Yeah. There's been conversation where people are like, uh, have we started plateauing? And I think that's an interesting conversation because if our advancements in technology don't continue to make the same crazy jumps that they have, like. Uh, I've already said that the internet is basically the greatest invention probably in human history. Oh, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, if that potential of the internet has plateaued and we don't have the next big invention or next big advancement, what's there to do, you know? And that, and that also like, and that, and that sort of, you know, that uh, plays into another just like tangent and I think this entire podcast has just been about tangents at this point. I mean, tangents, that's just us talking. About I mean, tangents that right. we'll inevitably talk about. Yeah. Um, and I think that like this plays into the, um, you know, about the Great Barrier, right? About how, um, you know, Great Barrier Reef. No, no, the Great Barrier. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, just the idea that, like, you know, um, as a way to sort of discern whether or not aliens exist, we have to consider that, like, um, either humans. Are uh, have passed a, a like a really really uh, harmful or t- terrible barrier that doesn't allow life to persist after a certain point, or if there's a lot, or if like life does persist but it gets stopped at a point, you know. So like essentially, we're either on uh, we're either on one, like here's the barrier. We're either over here and mm-hmm. we're approaching the barrier, or we're on this side of the barrier and we've passed it and we're like and that's and that makes us one in a million, you know, of of living 
like intelligent sentient life like that yeah um and i think that like technology is one of our claims to like being uh, is one of our claims to being able to surpass anything like that you know just human technology is is so important in our in the ability to like create society yeah. and the ability to like erect certain things you know like um academia arts culture it's all like technologically based and so like um and, and so I guess the internet is just the next innovation in that, um, to plug, like to plug 2001 for a second. Do you know about, do you know, 2001 space? space Odyssey? Odyssey? Yeah, yeah, of course. That, um, I, I think, uh, one thing that I've always taken away from that movie, given the fact that it's like, you know, it's always up to interpretation, um, that Kubrick doesn't really give you anything real about it. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I've always got from it is that like, um, is that that movie is is always about a race it's always a, like a foot race to get to the next evolutionary step yeah. and the evolutionary like what what puts you in that process is technology you know so like in the in the first section of the movie you have this is this ape and it doesn't know anything it like eats grass it's herbivore it's a it eats her, uh, grass and plants and then it like it coexists with other animals it's not the apex predator yeah. and then all of a sudden um with you know the cinema mumbo jumbo it finds the monolith and all that shit it um it finds like this inspiration to use a weapon and that weapon is technology that weapon is like it's the advancement of technology into the next step of the evolutionary mm-hmm. process and i think that like it gets compounded you know with um do you know the next part with like hell um hell is the onboard computer yeah, who essentially is sentient you can't kill me yeah yeah and i think like um scary well it's like uh well i mean like and this was something that they had planned previously before the mission but like i think it becomes this race um like uh they have the technology to create like almost uh completely sentient you know robotics Mm -hmm. or a computer um and in that process, they've created something that like will might outcompete them, and so yeah. it's always a, a race of sorts to get to the next evolutionary step. And I think that like the if we if we look at the if we look at our advancements in that sort of vein, like the internet is that for us. Yeah. It's like um, it's like that's the next thing that gets us into this ne- next level of innovation. Well, I think that's also an inherent part of humanity where there's always a desire to see what comes next. You know? Yes. Um, like I said, the whole technology advancements, um, even for us with people with it becoming normalized for people, mm. like the people, the older generation who is forced to adapt it, whether they wanted to or not, uh, or didn't, you know, there's they're now in a part of their life where there is stuff that doesn't necessarily have to be outside of their understanding. Yeah, but they know it's there, and they know that it wasn't there when they were first around and i think even us with how good we have it and how crazy technology has already evolved to be a normal part of our lives and how efficient it is um in 50 years i'm sure there'll be something that blows you in my mind yeah and then the generation that it that grew up with that will just be like yeah this is just a normal part so i think it always ends up being a case of uh the previous generation telling the next generation you know you don't know how good you have it because as a collective humanity has pushed each other to develop something that has made the next generation's uh, lives more interesting or easier. And that's sort of just the whole basis for why people want to do it, make advancements in anything, you know, technology, medicine, the, the, 
the race for immortality as we have talked, which mm-hmm. I think we can have a whole tangent about that. Yeah, um, yeah. Isn't that a Black Mirror episode where it's like only the rich will have access to that or what? I don't know. It might not be anything. You could probably pin anything as a Black Mirror episode. I feel like it's one of those series <laughs> that I should watch just because it's all. Have you not movies. seen Black Mirror? I've seen like a couple episodes, but I haven't. I just haven't sat down and watched it. Through. Some some people really hate Black Mirror, but I, I think that like because they, of the pig fucking in the first episode. I mean, that's <laughs> I mean that's just jarring is all it is. They're just trying to scare you, but like I I, I think, but I think that like um I think that show. And a lot of people agree with this is just like it all it's trying to do is because um, all it's trying to do is show you like what's possible. And it's like a lot of these stories are kind of outlandish. But I think what they try and do is stay really close to reality so that it shows you like this can happen. This isn't too far away. I, like, do you, do you know the like I'm, I'm sure you're aware of like the imagery behind Black Mirror, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's your phone, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I've always thought that's like super heavy handed. But like um, <laughs> but I think like that that whole point it's like um it's the technology twilight zone you know like where they just want to show you things yeah right well i think i think that what if everyone's curious about what if scenarios right yeah like we even talked about this earlier today at dinner when we were like well what if we had the money to blow as much as we want on a watch or a yacht or a helicopter yeah yeah and it's fantasizing is this a thing that everyone likes to do because there is a part of everyone that is curious and maybe not necessarily envious, but they have a curiosity to see what it would be like if they had this available to them when it's not available to them. And yeah. I mean, that's just a thing, whether it is as big as I wonder what it would be like to be rich or I wonder what would it would be like if I walked up the left side of the stairs instead of the right side of the stairs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think what if scenarios are just a an interesting thing that everyone thinks about from time to time, which again keeps your day to day interesting. That also brings me up to an interesting thing that I have. I don't know if you know what this is, but what? you know what intrusive thoughts are. Intru- oh, you mean like like uh, Lapel du Vide, like the Call of the Void? Yeah, 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 Call yeah, of yeah, the Void. yeah. I think yeah. that's a really crazy thing too. Yeah. I mean, I've I've had it happen to me before. I got it when I I got it when I drive. Yeah, yeah, right. It's yeah. like it's like. I could literally end my life and a whole bunch of other people's lives if I just turn this wheel 90 degrees to the left. I think that I think it's scary. And I've had like both thoughts where like I'll have the thought where I'm I'm, I'm just completely I mean, that's sort of like a, a moment of clarity where you have it's like it's like when you're on a plane. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't really tell you this <laughs> when I'm going to be in one in like less than 12 hours. It's, I, I have this thought. I always have this thought when I'm on a plane. It's like. Uh, you're you're in, you like you don't have this thought till you're like all the way up and you're at cruising altitude and you're like I'm in a big fucking tube a big metal tube I and thought it's just, about that today and it's completely like irrational that this thing is in the air and that I'm flying <laughs> like it's not Dude. it just shouldn't happen and I should die I, it's, that's it's that I I have that feeling when I'm driving too where it's like I'll, I'll suddenly have this moment where I'm like I'm this stupid metal cube and I could kill myself yeah. like here and now and everyone else you know it's just kind of like it's this weird moment and then and then i've also had the the other side of that where it's the intrusive thought where it's like uh it's just like a small inkling that's telling you like you know just turn it a little bit you know just like just do it yeah and of course you never do it because you know better but it's it's there it just sort of speaks to you a little bit and for, for the record we're not for the one viewer that ever listens to us we're not saying that these are thoughts and we became suicidal at the moment. No, no, no. it's just like, it's the inherent morbid curiosity that everyone has 
for these what if scenarios? There's a um, there's an, I mean, uh, as there's a what is it? <laughs> like rule thirty four, as there's like a porn for everything. Yeah, uh, there's a podcast for everything. I was listening to a um a podcast that, uh called Sawbones, and it's it's really cool. I I would recommend listening to like okay. the episodes. Um, the hosts are a married couple who are just really fun and like, they have a lot of fun together. Uh Um, but they're, uh, they have an episode on the call of the void and they, they talk about it and they, they talk about how like, Oh wait, this isn't, this isn't from Sawbones, but Sawbones is awesome. This is from, um, WBUR. This is from, uh, another podcast based out of, uh, Boston. It's Mm -hmm. Boston's NPR podcast that deals with, um, Reddit. And they talk and they talk about the call of the void and they talk about how like, you know, um, a lot of their people on staff like have had this experience and that, you know, it's not an uncommon thing to feel, you know, Um, you should like for anyone who listens and for you, you should listen to this. uh, I'll I'll send it to you. It's uh, let me look it up right now. I'm going to mess up the sound on this, but you can just fix that in post. Uh, This one is called. Let's see. Man, it's a really good show. Like I, I listen to it like every so often. I've got too many things to listen to at this point. It's called Endless Thread. Um, Endless Thread. Yeah, Endless Thread. It's a, it's a, actually a really cool name. I wish I would have thought of it first. Um, it's called. It's it's by WBUR and Reddit. It's uh, Boston's NPR show. Um, so it's our episode on Call of the Void. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an. I also when I was researching this topic, I read that it was having intrusive thoughts and call of the void type thing is like a sign of a healthy brain. Yeah. It means you're functioning and you have the ability to tell yourself that stabbing the guy who's walking next to you on the street is wrong. Yeah. And that kind of makes sense to me. So I don't know how much they, truth there is behind it, but they offer up an explanation that I can't recall at the moment. Um, but I think I'd like to revisit it and then, you know, maybe in a future episode, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more. Yes. Yeah. Um, which brings me to I've also this this to jump ship really quick to jump ship almost a little too quickly. That's fine. Um, I've had I, I completely remember that I've had this name that I've wanted to name something. Endless uh, thread. Well, endless thread <laughs> just reminds me of the name that I've wanted to name a podcast that I've always done, and this is like my first instance of, do, of doing it. Yeah. I've always wanted to create a podcast that's essentially about nothing. And and it's so you and sit the, there in silence. Well, <laughs> not that it's about nothing, but you know that um, that the conversation that I have in the podcast that I create has a sort of has a structure, but doesn't have um, but doesn't necessarily have like a strict guideline that has to follow. Um, and in a sense, we talk about nothing because you know everything. I mean, in a large in a large way, nothing matters and nothing is everything is everywhere. Yeah. But also, just like when you shoot the shit. Like you just kind of talk about nothing, right? Yeah. It, it's 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 just the hang, and, and like rather than calling it the hang, like I've always considered that like to be actually nothing, and so I've always so wanted, the nothing. Yeah. So well, I, I've always wanted to call something just actually nothing, and so actually like, nothing. So like you know you, you have kind some, of a fun title. You, you have someone listen to something, and it's like what do you listen to? I'm like I'm listening to actually nothing. You know, like it's that's one of those things yeah, where it's yeah. like. In a game, if a guy names himself your mom, and it's like you got killed by your mom, or it's or it's like, <laughs> it's like um the that bar called the or that bar called um what's a rock in a hard place. It's like no, I'm no, it's, uh, what is it? Place. It's called it's called yeah, I'm at it's like I'm at work or something. And the bar. Oh, where are you work. at? I'm yeah. at work. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
Peter told me that. What a cheeky name. Yeah, right. But that's well, that's what I mean. It's Actually, like the same, nothing. It's it's the same sort of cheekiness around this. Because like, what do we do? We really just kind of like we have like ideas that we want to talk about, and inevitably we'll give a lot more like a lot more um, attention in the future. This is like our first. It's still uh, our test run. We're getting yeah, I mean, our bearings straight. Yeah, but I mean, I think uh, overall, like what I what I think is is really necessary is just like um, you just having the ideas, but then like you know, but then like we really just play everything off of like nothing, you know, we just, we, we tie everything into what we think into how we've experienced things. And that in itself is just talking about nothing, you know? And I think it actually nothing, you know, I I don't know. That kind of, I like how that sounds. I I like that because I think it really, it really captures, I really, I think it really captures what this is. And it's, it's like, you know, we're doing something menial or we're just like, you know, having a hang mm-hmm. and like we, we, sh- we do something like this where we talk about something kind of important and then we, we just draw off tangents everywhere else too. I bet you there have been other people who have had the same idea where they sit down and talk about stuff, which is podcast in a nutshell, but I bet, yeah. <laughs> holy crap, I bet none of them have had a title as cool as That's what I'm nothing. saying. That's what I'm saying. And I think like, I think if we we can make this an we can make this as our <laughs> experimental cool. run, right? Right. I like that. The day we get somebody that we don't have any <laughs> direct contact <laughs> with to say I'm listening to actually nothing. That's yeah. that's when we've made yeah, it. That's, that's when we've made it. You know. Uh, someday. Yeah, and I think I think at that I think with that we can call this one a wrap. You know. I think I, that could be, yeah. I think that could be our working title. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that. It's also getting late. Cause I have to get on a plane in like five hours. So. Yeah. Are you packed? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just closed 10 days and I'm not really bringing a whole lot. So okay. Some stuff. anyways, that's it. 